In this episode of Board Game Impact, Bruce and Josh are going to crash course through their pandemic acquisitions, why they got them, what they got, and believe it or not, they're going to cover uh, 14 different games, including expansions. Have fun. Hello and welcome to another episode of Board Game Impact. As always, I am Bruce and I'm joined by... This is Josh. And uh, for those of you who are new to the show, Josh and I both work full-time in education and we apply our educational lenses um, to the games and experiences that we're having in this great hobby uh, for you and your gaming group's benefit. So if that sounds like of interest to you, make sure to click subscribe on all the things um, so that way you can get this content all the time. Um, So Josh, it's been a 2020 um, and, and if you're listening to this when this uh, in the future, hope things are great in the future. Um, but in the meantime, we're going into the now holiday season of um, 2020. Um, cases are on the rise in the United States, um, but we're not getting into all of that. What we are going to get into is what have we been buying throughout these last couple months. Um, and I also have some research pulled up on our, our buying habits um, and what can be going on there during these kind of things. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about games we've acquired and also, more importantly, what led us to getting them and the reasons behind why we're getting them. Um, and so if you're interested in content like that too, I also just want to point you over to our YouTube channel. Uh, we recently just posted another cool video. On, this one's on loss aversion particularly in Clans of Caledonia. So how games and other situations can make you not want to take certain actions based on the potential losses that you might be losing things on the board or resources, et cetera. So go check that out over on our YouTube page. Uh, But Josh, uh, what are you interested in about today in this topic? Yeah, so I mean, we've got... I think we've both uh, been doing a little bit of, uh, yeah. I guess, therapy shopping uh-huh. um, by the looks of it, as well as just some general, um, you know, getting some new things in and, and playing around with them. And and so I think it's really interesting to talk through, especially with, um, w- with you, because I've been able just by the nature of, um, where where I live and the the case rates of where I've been living, uh, things are getting a little bit worse right now. But I've been able to be playing some games in person, and so um, my purchases have been hitting the table pretty quickly for the most part. Um, but I find it very interesting the kind of the change that I've seen in in your purchasing habits yeah. over the pandemic, and so I think that's something that that. I'm really interested to kind of explore a little bit here. Yeah, I think that's going to be cool to talk about too. And you're right. Um, You have been able to get things to the table. So one of the things we talk about often is our positionality in things, right? Um, We are both married. Um, We both live with our spouses and that's all that are there. Plus we have a dog each, Uh, right? Um, And so with that, um, you've been able to get things to the table. I have somewhat been able to get some games to the table with my uh, wife um, but I have not been able to game with, I haven't gamed with anybody in person since the first week of March. And um, the time of this recording, this is the end of November. Um, so yeah, that that's a thing. Um, so this is going to be cool. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Josh, where should we start? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so let's start with uh, a game that, that we've actually both 
uh, gotten to the table once now yeah. uh, and something that we both picked up. Uh, you talked about it a couple episodes back and I had mentioned at that time that that my thoughts on this game would be coming in in an episode in the future once I got it to the table. Uh, so Pendulum by Stonemeyer Game mm-hmm. came out in October. Right. Well, no, it came out for anybody who pre-ordered it in August. Believe it or not. Yeah, it's been three yeah. months. Uh, time is meaningless <laughs> <laughs> um, in the world that we live in here in 2020. I wow, that yeah. seemed it. It seems like. I just got that the other day. Um, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, that episode so, was released at the end of August, Josh. The end of August. Wow. Um, yeah, my my world is a little weird right now, mm-hmm. obviously, for everyone, I think that is true. So Pendulum came out in August. I did not get it to the table until the end of October. Um, and so... Right, because at the time, game- I had played it you had not you were asking me questions yes yes uh so i finally was able to get pendulum to the table uh and and i i had an also a very interesting experience with my first game of pendulum that being because i happened to play it as part of the 24 hour gameathon for extra for, life for extra life and happened to play it at 2.30 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> after a full day of gaming already. Yeah, uh, I appreciate I you acknowledging up... your positionality on that, Josh. Yeah, yeah. So we we muddled through it in our sleep-deprived states um, and and complete mental exhaustion. But, you know, I have to agree with you in some respects on this game, Bruce. I, I really... I want to play this with the uh, w- with the unique player uh, abilities. Yes, uh, I, I I think it will be a much better game in that. Sure, but I struggle to identify who I'm going to play it with to get to that level. Uh, right. of being able to play with with those unique player abilities. I think it's a really really well designed game. I think it's just got such a steep learning curve that it makes it kind of challenging to get it to the table. That that's just my experience with the with the game group I have here. Uh obviously, you know, game groups vary and that might not be the experience for everyone. But I I definitely do think that that you could teach it, you could learn it with those unique player powers and i think it would be significantly better i don't know that for a fact because sure. i didn't get to play it with with that i will also say we played it with three players mm. and i don't yeah i want to play full I would, player i i don't i don't think i would play it at two or three again yeah play four. i i definitely think this needs to be a four to five player game yep I agree. So I agree. Um, so I'm going to continue on that trend, but I'm glad you finally got it to the table, Josh. Absolutely. Um, granted, 
at two two in the two thirty in the morning. No, nothing less. Um, but you got it to the table. Um, but that's good. Um, so I'm going to continue the not a Stonemeyer podcast trend. Um, not a Stonemeyer podcast. Not a Stonemeyer podcast. Uh, but I picked up um, Tapestry base game, and then I also picked up the Tapestry Plans and Ploys expansion. Um, so Tapestry is a game that Josh, you and I have talked about before on the podcast. Because again, hashtag not a Stonemeyer podcast yet. Um, but with that, we've both played it. I just didn't have a copy because, like, you have a copy. Um, Conrad has a copy. Justin has a copy. Like, everybody around me had a copy, so I was able to play it. And I also played it at BGG. Um, and so with that being said, with I wanted to try it out. I heard two-player was really good. I've always played a three and four. And so borrowed Conrad's copy. Thank you, Conrad. Um, and played it with my wife. And it was a really, really fun experience to two-player. Um, we decided to not go with the Shadow Faction because it's optional variant. Um, so we just played it two-player and had an amazing time and did that in anticipation for the Plans Employees expansion coming out to see, okay, is this a game I need in my collection because it has some things... And the answer at the end of that play with my wife was, yeah, um, it was a great lighthearted game to play two player that filled our little Uwe Rosenberg um, niche of like, I want to fill out my little Tetris board, um, but not like overbearing while still having the different tech trees and things like that. And obviously, it's not really a 4X game. It's a 4X light style game. Um, and so, but it was a lot of fun. And so with that, I was like, you know what? They're doing the expansion that's coming out. Um, Josh, you and I have both have talked about how we're both Stonemeyer champions on the website. And so we get free shipping on things. <laughs> and uh, he ran a special also um, for that base game. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to put both together. Um, and uh, yeah, so I have that now to enjoy. And I'm very much looking forward to it. The Plans Employees expansion adds in a couple of new base uh, factions, adds in a bag to hold the tiles, um, and then some different cards to add into like the tech tree and some buildings and stuff that add some more asymmetricness, which I think will be good. You know, I, Bruce, I, I would, have you had a chance to play the plans employees at all? I haven't yet. I have not. The academic semester has been a little much on me lately, yeah, but I'm looking over fair. a winter break. Yes, I will be. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to, to hearing your review on it. I was, I have not picked up the plans employees expansion yet. Uh, mainly because I tapestry is one of those games that I got it. I played it twice and then I hadn't played it in about a year. Now Mm -hmm. I recently got it back to the table and realized, I don't know why I don't get this out more. I really, really enjoy that game a lot. So I may, I I may end up picking up the plans employees expansion. I I plan to, I do have one minor gripe about the plans employees expansion. I think I know what it is, is, but yeah, go ahead. So for listeners who aren't familiar with tapestry, uh, there was some concerns over the balance of some of the player factions. Because there's like 16 of them. Yeah. And so, true to form, uh, Jamie Stegmeier, as he has done in a couple other games, he he released some, um, some modifications to a few of the player yeah. factions. Different starting resources, starting with different victory points, depending on the player count, things like that. Exactly. Um, my issue is that 
he put out this expansion, but didn't allow for or didn't include yeah. reprinted uh, faction cards to re- reflect those changes. Yep. Uh, and it, it just seems to me like su- such an oversight um, to just not have thrown in, uh, you know, those I think it's eight or nine boards, maybe more um, that the that it's got about that errated. And so I, I just I, I, I'm frustrated that he they have not printed those erratas in and put those out in the plans employees expansion. And I hear you like that such an easy. I hear you easy on that. solution. It is easy, but I'm going to give some grain of salt. And that is that, yes, this was play tested a bunch and it was play tested before the base game came out anyway. But the I think just as with tapestry, especially during a pandemic, um, where people aren't necessarily getting to play at a table, I bet we're going to see some changes to different ones um, based on adding in the plans employees. Um, mm. And I could see a reprint coming after that of like an upgrade pack. Yeah, I could see that. That yeah. that could very well be. Yeah. So, But yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a good warning, by the way. So if you want to play Tapestry, definitely go on the Stonemaier website and look up the um, recommended starting faction things. Definitely yeah. do that. So, Josh, what's Definitely. one on your radar? So, oh, that you picked up. Sorry, yeah, it's not on yeah, your radar. Yeah, <laughs> another one that we picked up. Um, let's shift gears a little bit here okay. to another game that we have talked about quite a bit. Um, Bruce, I think this is one of among your favorites, and you convinced me. Uh, mm. to to pick it up it is no it is one of my wife's favorites Aha. and so <laughs> i picked up azul summer pavilion nice uh, published by next move games and azul is probably my wife's second favorite game of all time the the original azul and i think summer pavilion might have might, might have bumped original azul off i now own all three Azuls. Oh. I will probably keep all three of them. Okay. Um, they scratch They're similar itches, but are are unique enough that I think I will keep them. And I, I, I'm going to have to agree with what I've heard a lot of people say is that Summer Pavilion is the best of the three. I, I really, really enjoyed this game a lot. Uh, my wife and I have played it now three times since we picked it up okay. um, we picked that up in october um because it came out or september we picked it up in september and and yeah we really really are are loving this copy uh, this version of azul and and just kind of changes it up just enough i, I really enjoyed it I'm glad. And obviously, um, the promise of the, hey, I think it's better, doesn't always pan out, but I'm glad it did. Um, because, like, when we think, I have actually a quote below all this. And it's like from looking in some of the text on like purchasing things, like the promise of a reward doesn't guarantee happiness, but no promise of a re- any reward guarantees unhappiness. So, um, Without the promise of reward, well, if you listen to the promise of reward, we give in to temptation, but without it, there's no motivation. Um, but I'm glad that you both like it. Um, I love it for the fact of, I think it's got less hate drafting. I think it's a more pleasurable experience. And I absolutely love the random um, tile that is like wild every round. Oh, 
See, I disagree. I I see where you're coming from with the less hate drafting. I do understand that a little bit. Yeah. However, those tiles that are in the center, yeah, um, that you can take when you complete certain uh, sections of your board, yeah, those become ultra competitive. I oh think. yeah, one hundred percent. I just love and, that it's and there. So I think it just shifted the hate drafting a little bit to from the the actual drafting to uh you know there there was a situation in one of our games where my wife explicitly took something from the middle of the board to deny my ability to complete one of my one of my stars sure and so i think it's just shifted where where the hate drafting occurs that's fair and it's 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 more indirect and it's more of a common pool and it's um i think i think that little center part also adds in this little like um almost like present moments like ooh, uh no like like um lottery moments or like gambling moments of like, Ooh, <laughs> uh, put in a dollar, get a car, put in a dollar, get a car, um, completed the thing, get a tile. Um, it's just like an extra nice little bonus for doing something right, which is cool, but I'm glad you Absolutely. like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've got one that I'm definitely not going to be playing for a while. Um, but I played it at BGG Con last year. It's a game I wanted to play since watching the Shut Up, Sit Down crash course on all of the different Oink games because I love them because they're just small little boxes. Um, and that is I picked up um, Startups, um, which is a game where you are collecting sets of things. It's like you are owning stocks in different companies to hopefully that they will pay out for you. But the game plays in about like 20 minutes, um, but you can play it with like six players. Um, and I picked it up. Um, this falls into the what the hell, what what the hell um, kind of effect of I already blew my diet, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. What I mean by this, um, because it's a game I was looking for, but it was also like twelve bucks. Um, and the reason I say it was like the what the hell effect is because the reason I went on miniature market and was purchasing things is because a game. I know this is a twofer I'm giving you right now, Josh. A game that I was literally searching for since last October, for so a year, um, like to the day almost, was um, Blitzkrieg, um, a world war, world game in tw- uh, a world war game in twenty minutes. Um, it's a two player game um, that was on Kickstarter, then went to production and got some super rave reviews by um, like Secret Cabal and then Rodney Smith when not on Watch It Played because he doesn't do reviews on Watch It Played um, of a great like two-player game that you can play in 20 minutes. And it was sold out worldwide. And I contacted the company to no response. And then all of a sudden, boom, it popped up in August on uh, Miniature Market. So it's like I just immediately went on and like I am buying that thing right now. Um, and so the what the hell effect was, hey, startups was a lot of fun. And so it was only 12 bucks. So and I was in an opportunity where I could afford to do that. But yeah, Blitzkrieg, I am freaking looking forward to playing that two player. My wife doesn't really play war games, but I'm going to be playing this two player as fast as I can. Yeah, that's a Blitzkrieg is definitely an interesting looking game. I would uh, really enjoy getting to the table at some point. Uh, definitely would would love to get Give this a shot uh, as a two-player with you at some point, Bruce, whenever we are able to travel again and make a Texas road trip. Yeah. Um, 
to to hang out and play some games. Yeah, it falls into that bucket that you and I have talked about of you and I just really enjoy when we get to play together and play like these like abstract two player games like no one else plays. Mm-hmm. Um especially like war games or things like that. So yeah, Blitzkrieg, I recommend you look it up. And I didn't give many details on it because I haven't played it yet. Um, and, but it, it is where one person is access, one person is allies. Um, and you simply lay a little token on a board to try and control different theaters of war. Uh, but again, review will be coming. There's no way I'm not doing a review on that. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited about that. But I'd also throw in there the what the hell effect. Um, that is a thing that you need to be cautious about when purchasing. <laughs> so Bruce, let me ask, you mentioned it was a miniature market uh, yeah. order. <laughs> and so I know for me personally, the what the hell effect um, comes into account on miniature market more often than other places when I have ordered a $60 game Mm -hmm. and shipping is going to be $20 and there's another game. So why not pay 40 is $40. (laughs) And so why not pay 40 and avoid the shipping cost? Yeah. Instead of, and then for me, I've had like shipping costs is like, it's going to be $7, but it's like, I'm going to hit that 99. Um, yeah. That's a thing, Josh. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you think about it, so Blitzkrieg was like 27 bucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what I paid for it. It was like somewhere around there. And then startups. Yeah. I'm definitely nowhere near, but I didn't really have to worry about that, Josh. Cause I already had some Warhammer 40 K on hold. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah, of course I did. Because it was summer timeline and, and you and I have texted about that. And yeah, we'll talk about Warhammer in a minute. Um, but yeah, the what the hell effect definitely plays in um, into that. It's same thing with like the buy two, get one, uh, buy one, get one free. Um, buy two, get one free where it's like, oh, if you went into only buy one thing, all of a sudden you're buying two things. Um, so yes, you're getting more things, but they just tricked you into spending more money than you originally planned on. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say miniature market has got me hook, line and sinker on that. Yeah. In fact, um, another game that I picked up Uh (laughs) part of, part of the, my miniature market order that included Azul. Um, actually I added, uh, Azul Summer Pavilion to get me above the $100 <laughs> mark. Um, I wanted it anyway. Uh, I I had yeah. budgeted for $100 for board games, so I went ahead and added it on there. But the main reason I ordered uh, off of Miniature Market was for Takenu. Mm. So for listeners who aren't aware of the what has become affectionately known as the T-series of games. Uh, Takenu is the third installment in that, uh, all designed by Daniel Tashini. Uh, started with Zulkin. The Mayan calendar uh, was then Teotihuacan, uh, which was a, another game based on uh, Mayan civilizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Takenu is the third in this line, and this is actually on uh, about Egyptian, ancient Egyptian civilizations. 
and so all of all three of these games are based around the idea of building monuments to the gods and worshiping the gods in these ancient civilizations. Um, and and I have to say, each one of them, similar to Azul, uh, I own all three. I love all three. Uh, will keep all three. Okay. And would play any of the three at any point in time. I need to play this one. I need you to play really, all of them. <laughs> you you really do. I I think you would love all three of these games. Yeah. They're absolutely fantastic designs. They're on the heavier end. Zulkin less so than the other two. Okay. I will say that Zulkin is probably the lightest and probably still the best design. Okay. But that definitely does not take away from how good Teo and Takenu are okay. Um, but Takenu, uh, as soon as it was announced, I knew that I was going to be ordering it the second it came out, uh, and so was was on top of it as soon as it came out. It was in my miniature market cart, and then I was just adding things up to get to to get it out to get to the ninety nine for the free yep. shipping. Okay, Got to cool. get that free shipping. Yeah, I need to, I need to play this one. I haven't played the other two, and, I, and you and I are going to schedule a time to play on Board Game Arena to play um, Zulkin. Um, but I need to play Takenu because of the Egyptian thing. Because um, like I lived in outside of Cairo for a while, um, and so like anything Egypt, I'm usually a fan of and at least it is, searching it. It is. There are some really really. Cool. One of the things that I love about all three of these games are the way in which Daniel Tashini takes these very tried and true mechanisms and tweaks them just a little bit uh, and, and makes them very, very unique. Uh, and he plays with time in mm-hmm. this really interesting way, uh, especially I think Zulkin is kind of the highlight of that playing with time as a strategy, um, but I think Takenu also has a lot of that feeling. Okay. Um, so I think you would love this. I highly, highly recommend it. I've only gotten a chance to play it once, but I cannot wait to get it back to the table. Okay, sweet. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, well, I gave two, Josh. How about you give one more? Absolutely. And then I'll jump back over. <laughs> so my... Next one that I wanted to to bring up here uh, finally came in after delay after delay after delay yeah. <laughs> is a Kickstarter uh, game that we've talked about. Uh, finally had a chance to play it online in <laughs> and, and, and now have played it in person. And that is Raccoon Tycoon. Uh, specifically, I was backed the Kickstarter for the Fat Cat expansion slash deluxe edition. It's a big box. It is a very big box and well worth it. It is um, an excellent, excellent game. Have not had a chance to play with with any of the expansion stuff yet. Really looking forward to it. It is. This is going on to uh, my new ten by five for the next year, and so we're definitely going to be getting some of those expansions out and playing with them and trying out the different modular things that come with that expansion sweet and just to clarify you 10 games that you play five times right yes okay yep with your game group that's cool 
So what do you what'd you like about it? Just real quick, I'm curious. Now that you played it in person. So I I have to say I absolutely so the one downside uh is the paper money. Yeah. Um just gotta call it. Uh well I like making it rain with it. It works. Uh, well, <laughs> it's got like it's a plasticky paper money. I've I've grown yes. fond of that paper money, I will say that. Okay. Yeah. So I actually have not played with the paper money because I have oh. to thank you, Bruce. Oh yeah, for, use those <laughs> for uh, the the wedding present you gave me, which was the iron clays. So oh, yeah, that'd be pretty legit. <laughs> I, almost any game currently that requires money, um, I no longer play with the the coins that are given unless they are metal. Uh, otherwise, okay. I bust out the iron clays. I'm glad so, you're getting use out of out of your gift. I'm glad. I absolutely am. I I really enjoy Raccoon Tycoon. It, I to me, it is the epitome of an economics game. It is very very straightforward in terms of mm-hmm. what you are doing, but the fact that that you're going into auctions blind for the most part uh it's it's just got some really really fun gameplay in there and some really cool strategy that i i will say i don't think it's got a lot of variability you're i think you're right that's why i'm excited to try the expansion that is that is one thing that i'm looking forward to in the expansion is, is having a little bit more variability but i i do think that you know just based off of when the buildings come out and and the different strategies that you can develop based off the buildings that are available to you. Mm -hmm. I think there's some really, really fun gameplay in there. Uh, And I'm really looking forward to playing some more of it. Okay. Enjoy it. Um, So I have a quick update of um, this got here way faster. I didn't buy these at all. Um, but this got here way faster than I anticipated. Um, and that is this year again, I am participating in the BGG secret Santa this year. My, my target is not in Chile. So if you're not familiar with the BGG secret Santa, it's essentially you sign up to, um, purchase at least $50, including shipping, things like that of game accessories, things like games or games, accessories, things like that for someone in the world. And you can pick which countries you're wanting to ship to or because like last year I was like, yeah, uh, anywhere in the world, throw it at me. And Chile was hard. Um, so I did my time last year. And so this year I just stuck to the United States. Um, and so my person's in Milwaukee, uh, but I don't know where in the world my Santa is. And you could be of any, religion or non-religion to do this it's just they're using the terminology for the holidays it's really just the spirit of giving to somebody else in the hobby Um, it's kind of like assassins you get a target and then you're somebody else's target Um, and so they went through my wish list and got me two expansions that i'm excited to try um, and play Um, so the first one was the scythe wind gambit again from stonemeyer games again hashtag not a stonemeyer podcast um but i also got the memoir 44 eastern front um i'm very excited about both of these I've, I've been wanting to try wind gamut i've gambit i've played a lot of scythe um, online lately um during this pandemic and i've been wanting to get it to the table more and i've heard that 
the wind gamut also really helps when playing like two player and things like that. And so I'm really excited to try that. And then Memoir 44 Eastern Front. This expansion is one of several um, that have been out of print for a long time and super expensive. Um, just started coming back into print by Rio Grande. And it's for the base game Memoir 44, which is a two player, again, kind of like Blitzkrieg, um, war game. Um, but you actually have like little things miniatures that are going back and forth um, you play cards to activate them and uh, justin and i last year played through all 16 scenarios twice um so we were both axis and both allies for every single map so we played the entire base game and this is going to add in now the uh, soviet factions and so i'm really excited so thank you secret santa if you're listening to this i'm really excited for this so i I'm a little confused here, Bruce. Have you really never played Scythe with the Wind Gambit? No, like I haven't. I know that's, it seems wild to me. Um, I know. I because I, I think it's only twice. Gambit. I it's. I was gonna say I think it's only twice that it was set up at a game night with it because it adds more things. So yeah, you definitely need to understand scythe before oh, yeah. you start getting into the wind gambit it would be very difficult i think to learn wind gambit uh w- without knowing the basics oh yeah yeah yeah. but it, it it is it is exceptional i really okay. really enjoy wind gambit i do think that you are correct it is almost required if you're playing with in my opinion, if you're playing with three people, it's required. Four, arguably, you need to play it with with uh, okay. four players, just because it, it really does a good job of shrinking the board a little bit uh, and and creating a little bit more competition for uh, resources. Just because you're able to move things around a little bit more quickly, so you're able to get into the action faster. Yeah, so rather than having to wait until you get a mine built or wait until you get a river walk, uh, you're able to, right out of the gate, move your characters uh, across water okay. uh, and, and get out into the territories uh, much faster. So okay. really, really enjoy that. Um, so I, I'm really excited for you to get a chance to play that one uh, as well. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited. Josh, I see you got an expansion. I do have an expansion. Um, caveat here. Oh. Once again, we are not a Stonemeyer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but this actually, uh, as we're recording this, arrived yesterday. And I played it last night <laughs> with my wife. Uh, and that is Wingspan, the Oceana expansion. And so I mentioned Azul is my wife's second favorite game. Uh, Wingspan is hands down her favorite. And so as soon as we got it in, uh, it was my wife's birthday the day that we got it in. That's perfect timing. (laughs) Perfect timing. We had to sit down and play it for her birthday. Uh, I really enjoyed the expansion. I think there's some really, really neat little additions that came with it. I will say that the expansion is probably going to make some people quite angry. Oh, no. 
So Wingspan is supposed to be the most relaxing game. <laughs> it is. And it is a very marvelously relaxing game. And the birds that they add, because it's Oceana, they are absolutely beautiful and stunning. And the artwork is wonderful. The thing that is going to frustrate some people is a while back, Stonemeyer uh, released as an add-on in their store some neoprene mats to replace the cardboard mats that are used for your player boards. And with this Oceana expansion, it actually ships with five new player boards with some new design on them. Mm. So the background art is different and I think the background art is beautiful. Uh, But the reason why there's this change is this expansion adds a new resource and that resource is nectar uh, and nectar acts a little bit differently. And so rather than placing when you spend nectar, rather than placing it back into the, uh, into the, uh, the birdhouse supply, you are actually put keeping it on your board uh, and you're going to add those up and whoever spent the most nectar in each of your three territories is going to score some extra points at the end of the game. Interesting. It also modified some of the um, ways in which you add resources to your board. So, for example, you now have the opportunity on two of the uh, four spaces for collecting birds mm. rather than just paying a resource to get draw an extra bird card. Mm-hmm. You can actually pay a resource to wipe the three board birds that are face up and get new ones to choose from. That's pretty cool. Um, and so it added some really cool little mechanical changes that I really enjoy. I think add a lot of depth to the game make it a little bit more replayable for the people who have gotten a little used to playing things without just adding more, obviously adding more birds. And that's always lovely and wonderful, Mm -hmm. but uh, adds this, this kind of some unique new ways to kind of engage with the game, but definitely understand for the people who went out and paid $25 for those neoprene mats. And now they're getting new mat designs yeah. Not neoprene. I could see where people might be a little bit frustrated by that. So I have a question just to counter and clarify. Um, the new mats, can you play them with the, if you weren't playing with Oceana? Uh, no. Okay. So that's, it, so I, you've well, actually, actually get, I guess, yeah, you probably could. Okay. Um, you could absolutely, you, I'd have to double check and take a look at them again. Yeah. But your gut is telling you yes. My gut is telling me you probably could play them without the Oceana okay. uh, expansion. You're just not going to have that. Eh, I guess you could use the Nectar um, and not play with the Oceana expansion. The reason uh, I ask is because I feel like Wingspan is starting to fall into the terraforming Mars camp where the expansions with all of the cards, which like, I, there's no way I'm not buying this. I'll get into that in a second. Um, or getting it as a holiday present because it's on the lists potentially. Yes, it is. We're probably going to talk about that in the next episode. Um, but I don't really want to sift through the giant deck of cards and separate them out again. 
So I will say personally, yeah, I don't. I all of my all of them what? are shuffled together. Okay. I don't sift them out. I don't okay. separate them. Um, all of them are shuffled in. The thing I like about the way they are doing these expansions is adding new things for a, a experienced players without adding an overwhelming addition of complexity. Mm. Um, now, with Terraforming Mars, the challenge yeah. there is the expansions do add a, a lot. lot of complexity. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'm just talking hard, that main deck. Yeah, it, it is hard to to teach some of those expansions. Yeah. I think with Wingspan, I think it's very, very simple to teach the expansion to a new player. Okay. Uh, Oceana is a little bit more difficult than the European expansion, for sure. But... Outside of that new resource, there's not a whole lot that got added. Okay. Um, there is a new type of card, and that is uh, birds that have an end-of-game ability. Ooh, that's nice. Um, which are pretty cool. Usually it's about laying eggs, so you get one last like big egg dump at the end <laughs> of the game, um, which is really nice. But, yeah, you know, I I don't think there's so much... I mean, I taught, uh, so, so for my wife's birthday, she invited one of her coworkers over to, to play some games with us because they're working together. And, and that was just kind yep. of what she wanted to do. And so that person had never played Wingspan before, really doesn't play board games at all. And I was able to teach them and they were able to pick up very easily and play without any issues. That's great. Uh, actually ended up winning and beating the high score of anyone who's played my dang, copy of Wingspan. Dang, dang. So I, a I really don't good think teacher. that you, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you need to separate them out. Okay. In order to, to teach the game to new players. Okay. Very cool. Well, I thank you, Josh. Now, Josh, I've really only got one thing left. I know you have questions for me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm just going to toss it back to you. So, Bruce, what have you been spending all of your money on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your uh, life savings. No, not Where my life savings. Going? I have not <laughs> been, I haven't spent anything out of savings. I have been responsible. Um, I have. And as I've talked about on the last episode when we talked about sunk cost. Um, I have been buying a good number of Warhammer 40k. Um, I've never really played Warhammer 40k. I have some buddies through BGG that I'm absolutely going to play with and cannot wait to play with once it is safe to travel and do so. Um, but yeah, I have, um, I essentially have purchased. So if you're not familiar with Warhammer 40k, tabletop miniatures game produced by Games Workshop, you can buy, there's 40k and there's Age of Sigmar. Age of Sigmar is all like wizards and, orcs and things like that like traditional fantasy high fantasy where 40k still has orcs and things like that but it's all in the grim dark future the year 40,000 right um and so it's like all sci-fi themed 
Um, and so I have, so you pick a race or faction that you enjoy, um, go with the rule of cool, not try to min max of which faction is the best one, most competitive or trying to play what's called the meta. Um, don't, don't do that because then you're going to burn out, um, buy things that just make you happy. Um, and then learn from there. You learn, learn how to play a game first. Learn about this hobby because this is a separate hobby, Josh. Um, it's a hobby within a hobby. Um, and that is because you collect them. You then have to assemble them because they do not come assembled. They come on these sheets of plastic called sprues. And so I actually clip them out with little uh, pliers, not pliers, but snippers. I file down like the mold lines on these plastic. I glue them together. And then you paint them because they're all just generic gray. And you actually have to have what's called a Battle Forge Army to play. They don't have to. You get victory points for having it. So you, you pretty much have to because um, you will lose if you don't. Um, and then you can play with it if you want. I have never played, but I've been invested a considerable number of doll hairs into this. Um, so I chose um, the Tau Army, um, which is this. Um, their creed is for the, uh, for the greater good. Um, and they're quote unquote the good guys, but they're going to try and take a planet over by diplomacy first. But if that doesn't work, they're one of the strongest shooting factions in the game, but they just can't really do well at melee. Um, but they have, I like them because it's like mechs and these really cool, just like units. And so I have a, you, each unit and like gun on them, um, is worth different numbers of points. And so, like, a kill team game, Josh, which you and I are going to play at some point, um, a kill team team can be, like, 100 points, 200 points, tops, usually, I think. I haven't played kill team. I have the book, by the way. Um, I easily have a 2,000-point army of Tau. Um, And I also have the book and the codex, which is just, so you buy the codex, which teaches you about that one faction. And then on top of that, I want to play it on a cool table. And so I also purchased Games Workshop's um, (laughs) terrain. (laughs) So I've got what's called the uh, Manufactorum terrain, which is like these like abandoned buildings, like distraught buildings and like pipes and um, thermoconductor things. So that way we're going to be able to actually to scale play in these different like worlds, even like shipping containers and stuff. And now all the shipping containers, by the way, have stats and stuff. Cause you can, they can do cool things um, as well as the buildings before I go any further, Josh, what's going on in your head. So yeah, I, I, I mean, the first thing that I have to ask you here, Bruce is so with all of what you're purchasing, how how much have you gotten completed? Obviously, the the terrains you just got in, and yep. so I don't expect that you've accomplished a whole lot there. But out of your out of your army, uh, what what percentage of your purchase has been uh, built, and what percentage has been painted? Great question. So. I'm looking at them right now, so give me one second. So I have a I have a non-Tau sniper team. They're good to go. Um, but for Tau, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 
I have nine units and one, two, three, four, five are fully painted. One is fully assembled. Um, so I have three more to go. Um, and I have two that are half assembled um, because they're one's kind of like on like a floating stand thing. So I have to kind of, it's a piecemeal. Um, the other one is assembled and then I need to spray paint it, prime it, paint it. Cause it's one of those ones. It's going to be easier to paint if it's disassembled. Um, so I have only like one thing that's still in its box of the, of my army. That's that's I, I have to say that's pretty good. And I commend you on not overreaching with yeah. your purchases and, and staying consistent with your with what with what you're doing. Yeah, I have been, and that's been really good. And it's for a we, reason, Josh. <laughs> we we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, and I I think it's very easy to give people a hard time about getting into a game like Warhammer, especially when they're not really playing it. But I think that this is kind of an exception uh, that the, the world that we're living in right now, when you're not really playing games with other people, it's yeah. a piece of a hobby that is a little cathartic, a little um, ability for you. It carries with it the ability to kind of, geek out a little bit by yourself and and accomplish something that I think will ultimately pay off um when you when you get a chance to play some of this. Yeah, and I, th- I thank you for saying that Josh. Yeah, I I mean there's memes all over the place of like the typical Warhammer player like your army you have so many units unpainted and things like that. Now, I will say Futiles um who we talked about in the last episode who did extra life He's one of the people I'm going to be playing this with who lives here in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that he is unique because he doesn't show up someplace without having his army painted because he paints, he, he builds them, paints them, and he says he's rare. Um, and I think I'm of the same school of thought as him as, yeah, like I'm just going to play the game not to be competitive. I'm going to play the game just to have fun. But honestly, the rest of the hobby is really bucket filling for me. And and I think it's important that we talk about this, Josh, and we didn't really get to get into it too much in the last episode, but that is because I needed to redefine why I was even purchasing it because I wasn't purchasing it like I would purchase a board game to play. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to play this. I'm going to probably have a blast, but I really purchased it to because of these other things and it's filling my bucket. And so yeah, I started small. I'm, I started with one set of one unit, which is like a, a squad, the squad of the five mm-hmm. snipers. I started with that. I bought, I spent 24 bucks. I already had paint and stuff. Um, and so I did that and I freaking loved it. Then I changed my definition of why I wanted to do it. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's, I think you're going about it the right way. And I, 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 I really appreciate the way that you're, you're doing this. It's something that I, for for listeners who have been with us for a long time they may remember that uh mm-hmm. about two years ago i actually picked up um and and bruce gave me a hard time about it at the time <laughs> picked up some 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 warhammer uh expecting to paint and and i never really 
got into it um, as much as I, I really enjoyed it for about a month and a half. I completed about half of a okay. squad. I was wondering. Uh, and, and then I kind of fell off. But I'd really like to get back into it. I'd really like to give it a shot. Um, I, I think that we're getting ready. My town is starting to see a, a rise again, and we're probably going to be going back into lockdown before too long. And so, may, who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll get it back out and start start doing some painting myself. And I hope you do, Josh. Um, and I hope you've got the units, you've got the paint, and so I hope it's a nice <laughs> little activity. Um, and to answer your question about the terrain. It's almost all built already. Oh, wow. Yeah. Doesn't take much time. No, I sent you a text message two days ago with a picture of it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I built built the containers that I talked about. Mm -hmm. I built the other small box. And then I started building the giant box. Um, And I just need to be transparent with something. And that is that um, apparently this is rare, but it does happen. Um, I encountered what's called a miscast. And so some of my pieces, I guess it's like the at the manufacturing, not all the plastic went in. Um, and so it, it, it was missing some plastic. Um, but everyone I've talked to online was like super affirming of like you reach out to a games workshop and they take care of you. Um, and so I put that in. They obviously have higher than expected wait times right now with things um, with just the nature of all only email communication and their employees are all remote. Um, right now with the pandemic over there. And so I will hear back from them. And um, so, yeah, I do. That is one caveat on the whole thing. That's why it's not all built, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Bruce, I do have one final question for you as it relates to, to not so much uh, 40K, but Warhammer in general. Yeah. How likely is it that I could talk you into... (laughs) getting your heads in my hand <laughs> some war cry war cry yeah uh, high fantasy yes so uh war cry is basically the age of sigmar uh version of kill team okay i've heard um, it's better than kill team i've heard it's better yes. than kill team and i'll be honest josh it's been on my mind for like a month um <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> The likelihood is high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the likelihood is high. I just need to get to a time. We're currently in, as the time we're recording this, this is the end of the semester for, for us. I'm currently yeah. at a time of like, I just need a little breathing room so I can do my research. That's fair. That's totally The fair. likelihood on that is very high, Josh. So if, I, I'm if, just, if I, And you are, even if you are the only person I play it with, I would do it because I would, I also enjoy the, hobby element obviously absolutely i uh I, i've just been floating around the games workshop website here while we've been talking and uh really really want to try try playing uh, a little bit of this uh, of this work right here okay so, so i'm just gonna put this out there josh you do your homework if you find a good video explaining it because i think there are some differences between it and uh kill team that i think would be important for us to know you shoot me a text message with that, um, and we can talk about what ends up happening. So, listeners, stay tuned for that. Um, 
Uh, we're not going to talk about these, Josh, but I think we have them on our list, and we covered like everything else on the list. So let's just cover real quick. What do you have? What did you purchase that is on its way, or trade that's on its way? What's one thing? All right. Well, purchase. I mean, I've got about seven Kickstarters. Yeah, <laughs> that we're, are out Kickstarter. There. Yeah, we're not talking Kickstarter. We're not that's, talking that's, Kickstarter. Yeah, we're not talking Kickstarter. Um, no, I did. Uh, I uh, recently jumped online uh, to BGG to to actually get my Secret Santa and found uh, that that there's actually someone who requested a trade with me. Um, they're into the Denver area, so only about an hour and a half away from me. So. Uh, was interested in in my copy of the godfather which i i love the godfather but it doesn't get played enough and they're actually offering a copy of clans of caledonia and bruce you just released a video talking that was inspired by clans of caledonia Mm -hmm. Um, i have played it once really enjoyed it i think it'll get a lot more play than the godfather and so trying to figure it out see if we can make it happen um don't want to pay the shipping costs for a single game trade, but if we can yeah, be fly. local and, you know, make a trip up to, to Denver and, and do a quick swap, then I'm happy to do that and looking forward to it. Okay. And I would absolutely play that. I'm very curious to play it in person because I've only played it on board game arena, but that's great that someone reached out to you. So yeah, you don't have to buy something by the way, y'all you can just look on boardgamegeek.com and see if people have things for trade. Like, Utilize your resources. Absolutely. Um, but that being said, uh, the one game that I absolutely pre-ordered is going to be probably of no surprise if you've been looking at the YouTube channel at all, but I pre-ordered Dune Imperium um, from Direwolf Digital, um, but it is a, it's a, it's a print board game, um, and it should be arriving here next month. Um, and the pre-order, if you pre-order it from them, even though they're encouraging it, to go to purchase, pre-order it from like your local game store. Um, so if you pre-order from them or a local game store, essentially pre-order it in general, um, and you will get a special promo card, um, Jessica, Lady of Arrakis. Um, if you've read the Dune books, that means something to you. Um, if you have not read them, it's another cool card to add to the game. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited for this. I cannot wait to check out the two-player um, as well as the solo mode, because there's nothing online about that, because Rodney Smith doesn't do those. Um, so I'll be checking those out so you can stay tuned for a... Um, definitely, there's going to be a review of that. Um, absolutely going to be a review of that. But um, Josh, do you have any closing words for the listeners on this whole like purchasing thing? Yeah, you know, I think for for me, I I know that I am lucky and privileged to be able to sustain a a hobby that is not just playing games is not just become my my main hobby it is the focus but at the end of the day i also just love collecting games and so i make a lot of purchases um and i'm 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 fortunate enough to be in a position where i can do that um you know, I do a lot of research before I, I purchase things, though, as well. And so I, I try to only purchase things that I know are, are going to make it to the table at some point. I strongly recommend, you know, live within your means, know yep. your budget, set a budget. That was a huge thing for me early on when I started was I spent way too much money uh, out the gate on board games uh, and, and I did didn't too. really budget appropriately. And I figured out, you know. I, I have a budget and I stick within it, but it is 
something that I love and it's something that brings me joy and it brings me happiness just to know that a game is coming, right? Even, mm-hmm. even Kickstarter, right? There are, I know that there are games that are on their way to me um, that are currently sailing across the ocean. And mm-hmm. I am so excited about that fact. Um, and it just brings me so much comfort in a time that I think we all need a little comfort. Yeah. And I think that's beautifully said, Josh. And I am right there with you. Definitely at the beginning of my time in the hobby, I was acquiring at a rate that was not sustainable um, and acquiring things to acquire things. Um, there's a thing, especially it's important, um, wanting to bring up for the listeners, there's a thing called terror management theory um, with with purchasing. Um, and that studies show that being reminded of our own mortality makes us more susceptible to all sorts of temptations uh, because we look for hope in and security and the things that might promise us some short-term relief or reward. Um, and we need to also understand if you go back to the Dune Imperium pre-order video that I made, um, I talked about the fact that that when you measure brain waves, the part of your brain that activates in anticipation or some of something is different than the one of actually getting it. Um, and the anticipation one releases more dopamine into our brains. Um, and so with that, we just want to make sure we're not just being susceptible to a feeling in the moment. So Josh, the fact that you talked about, we do a lot of research, like you and I both do, like we do, (laughs) um, we consume a lot of content. That's part of why we do this podcast, right? Is to help make informed decisions, help other people make informed decisions. Um, and also like connect with each other and like, how are you making decisions and what are you seeing? Um, and it's that those are good conversations for all of us to be having. So I also encourage you to look at your game network because sometimes, like I talked about with Tapestry, there was a time where, yeah, it was a good game, but people in my game group already had it. And so if you're in a situation where you're able to share games, things like that, um, and you're not in a place to financially get them yourselves, and that's fine. Um, but utilize your network. Like we're all here. We're all in this together. Um, and really just analyze like, why are you wanting to get it? Um, and if the answer is just to get it and you have the means, go ahead. Um, but if the answer is, is not that and is actually something because I want these outcomes because it's within my means, because it's going to, um, in doing my research, it's going to accomplish. I think it's going to accomplish these things for my wife and I, my, my husband and I, um, my group of four with my kids. Um, I think that you're going to find a lot more joy out of and satisfaction out of those purchases. Now, it's not always going to work, but I think you're going to find a lot more satisfaction. And I think that'll go a long way. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, So with that, Josh, um, sorry, I just kind of like went on a thing there. (laughs) Um, So I hope that this has been helpful. We both hope this has been helpful for you. Um, and your gaming group. And if it has, if this, if you've enjoyed this conversation, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Uh, but do you could do us a really big favor um, as we just had the Thanksgiving holiday um, and share thanks. So we'd love to hear from you. Um, please write a review that super helps. Um, let us know, A, you're listening, uh, and B, what you like, um, and also helps discover Uh, helps other people discover it so that way they can have these kind of informed conversations and content too. 
Um, but we hope that you are doing well. And if you please go check out the um, YouTube page, check us out on all the social media things. And if you want some more behind the scenes type things, I am posting some content over on the Patreon board game, uh, patreon.com slash board game impact. And so, yeah. So with that, we're going to bring this episode to a close. We'll see you again in two weeks. Um, and until then go have a positive impact on the world. <laughs>